Why? What have you got? I can't say yet. Not till I have more proof. Why? What have you got? Let's just say my instincts tell me something's not quite right. Bring me something solid. I have something solid. More solid. And I'll know what to do with it. You'll know what to do with it? Mm-hmm. Carmine? Good. Not bad. I'll see you on the campus. I got one really important question for you. What is a bigger violation? Seagal trying to hook up or be with his boss while she's in the middle of a date? Or the fact that he ate the date's dinner directly off of his plate the minute the guy went to the bathroom and then said, it's okay. I don't know, it's a tough one, but there's no bigger jerk move than eating off of someone else's plate. Especially a guy that you're trying to alpha and steal his girlfriend off of. Take a walk, buddy. Take a walk, buddy. (laughs) He told him to take a walk and then proceeded to eat his meal and then dismissed it as, eh, that's okay. After the the weird flirtation that probably... I, I, there's got to be some deleted scene in this movie yeah. somewhere that we're not that we're not seeing, but complete violation, in my opinion, that this guy did this, and yeah. it's just not cool. I, I feel like that actress, just like me, is disgusted at the idea of Steve Seagal having a relationship with anyone. At, le- at least Tom gross. Berenger had the decency to like hide behind the bar and make a phone call. You know, <laughs> yeah. he just strolls right up into him. Yeah, what's what's worse is it is it faking the phone call or just flat out going up to the guy and intimidating him? I almost <laughs> respect the intimidation factor better than than the spineless act of Jake Taylor. <laughs> At least he was direct about it, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Last Row Piadcast. This is episode one hundred and three. Happy to be back with you all. If you are new to the show yeah. and you're looking for our website, thelastrowpodcast dot com. Speak for yourself. Follow us on Twitter at the Last Row Pod, Facebook.com slash the Last Row Pod, Instagram, wherever you are on social media, we're probably there too. Head out to Spotify, consider leaving us a five-star review, both there, Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Hit the subscribe button if you're enjoying the show. Welcome back, Badway. I'm excited. We got another Steven Seagal movie on the on the plate here. Yeah, just like Steven said in his uh, anger management class in this movie. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm the happiest guy. You'd be lucky to be as happy as I am right now. <laughs> So it is. I, it is midnight. So we are happy to have you out here. So uh, exit wounds, Drew. This is one of my favorite movies of the early two thousands. One of my favorite Seagal movies. Two thousand and one, March sixteenth to be exact, with a runtime of one hundred and one minutes, which perfect. is pretty much perfect. Perfect. Um, Just right. Action slash crime slash sea gal movie directed by Andre Bartkoyak. Drew, what do you know about <laughs> Andrea? Bart Koeyek. I know that he, he's got a pretty sweet trilogy of movies like this. And I, he was pretty, I thought he did a pretty good job, to be honest. I thought he directed well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But the, there were flaws in this movie and it wasn't his fault, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. one big flaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movie did well despite it. I mean, he directed Romeo Must Die. He directed Cradle of the Grave. What else did he direct, Do He directed Doom. Ooh. And... Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Oh. The classic. <laughs> the classic Chris Klein movie. Chris Klein role. <laughs> if he couldn't save that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he did that one too. Anyways. I when they were going to make spinoffs for that and they, they just yeah, that, decided, that, yeah, maybe this is a good right idea. That died right away. Chris Klein killed that idea. 
5.6 IMDb out of 10, which not is not mm, too low. Actually, yeah. eh, probably just about right. It's probably about right. Rotten Tomato, 33%. Too low. Too low. Too low. Too low. Too low. <laughs> Metacritic, 39%. Too low. Yeah, too low. Yeah. Letterboxd, 2.5 out of 5. Way too low. Come on. Nah, that's probably just about right. Too low. That's too probably. low. I think 50% is like what the did sweet you, spot for this movie. What did you give into the Spider-Verse? Uh, <laughs> two and a half. 2.2 if I could. I don't know. <laughs> it was fine. You liked it. But I did liked you it. like it? I liked it. And it was good. But uh, yeah. Steven Seagal stars as a, a maverick police Detroit detective. Oren Boyd. Is it Oren or Oren? Oren. Or, or is Orin? it Oren? Orion. Orion. Stupid name. If your name, if you're out there listening, your name is Oren. Yeah, stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> Who's take no prisoners approach? <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> Please leave a five star review. Zero review. Zero star. Like I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing heel today. All right. Take no prisoners <laughs> approach to domestic terrorism gets him booted downtown to the city's toughest precinct. Multi platinum hip hop star DMX Arf Arf stars as the powerful and mysterious crime lord. Latrell Walker, which, by the way, fantastic name. It's a great name. Yeah. Whose dicey connections and seemingly unlimited cash make him everyone's target. Together, the two men take on a conspiracy that reaches all the way through the ranks up to the heart of the precinct. Rated R. That's not our (laughs) typical synopsis there. I don't know. I just copied the first one. It was more like, I don't like when, when it's written that way, where it says they're starring as, and they go around to the real one. I like when they put the actor name in parentheses. That's my, yeah, that's my yeah. favorite kind. Yeah, I agree. But it's a pretty accurate one for, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, not bad. Right? Okay. So taglines. What can two men do against a gang of crooked cops? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I like when they, when they, they call somebody crooked. I, like, I think it's good. Crooked cops yeah. is a good Cro- way to describe it. Crooked cop is dirty cop. Crooked cop is better than dirty cop. Dirty cop, right? Yeah, for sure. Dirty crooked is like a, it's yeah. it's a, it's a more a better way to say it. Yeah. And then straight from the movie poster, quote: "This is gonna hurt." I mean, <laughs> like you, the, it's you a play on exit wounds. I mean, you could you, you could put that in a million different movies. Like, yeah, it's very generic. Come on now, come on. You know, and so the budget. So they spent thirty three million dollars on a warehouse with like play sets where they just pulled like scenery mm. in and out of this thing, right? I yeah, mean, it did look like that. It looked like the same warehouse floor that they they used, and like when they showed the club, the club was the same floor. The club's office mm-hmm. looked like a a place that you have a pizza party at, like a movie theater, or you have like a pizza party, you know, or you go to like a trampoline park. You know, they have the room for like yeah. a kid's birthday party. Yep. I mean, they had eels, so that was cool. And I guess that they got eels in a fish tank and sharks, mm. but they just like wheeled that in. And then when they were done with that, they wheeled that out and they put yeah. the other stuff in. It just looked pretty. Very the set tele- pieces left a lot to be desired. Very they? television studio esque. Yeah. yeah, and the way it was shot just looked a little like low budget, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they spent the thirty three million, but it just was weird, right? Seagal's the hair markers, yeah, the, maybe <laughs> the sharpie. <laughs> a thirty maybe. million dollars sharpie. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sharpies. You buy them in bulk, though. I mean, it probably saves some money. But. So it cost $33 million to make, which is the equivalent of fifty-two in 2022 here. And it made $80 million, which is actually pretty good because Seagal took a three-year hiatus. This is the first movie he made in, in three years. And they were saying that this was sort of his, his comeback. But, you know, making $80 million is about one hundred twenty-eight today. It's a decent return on the investment, I think, even though it got, like, mixed reviews. Yeah, I mean, can I can I say something here? Now, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get to that later. You know, we always get to that later. I feel like they made the money because DMX was in it. 
Probably. Not because of Steven Seagal. I think Seagal was definitely past his prime. I don't think anybody cared about him in 2002. Yeah. 2001. Early early time. But in 2001, DMX was hot. Huge. Yeah. So I think that you give DMX his movie and then sprinkle in like a washed up action star or, you know, one foot in the tub. And um, it's going to make some money. He was all soaked up, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They released it at the perfect time. It was in March before the summer blockbusters hit. Nothing's going on. Yeah. They, they, it was very, very well marketed. It, it was mar- timed. I, very well marketed. And bucks. I, yeah. I, I watched this in the theater and yeah. I loved it. I remember yeah. watching it like the scene with him and the shotgun on the belt. Yeah. Like that stands, it's imprinted into my, my memory of, I remember the theater I was in when I was watching this. I, I yeah. really enjoyed this movie when I saw it. Isn't it funny that you have to work almost like two hours at your, at yeah. your former job to be able to just afford to, be able to, to, watch to go movie. watch a movie? It's like you have to you have to work the the runtime of, of the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, too low, too high, yeah. too low. <laughs> I can't I can't Drew, afford that movie. Yeah, Drew's, Drew's movie theater salary too low. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, so away <laughs> too low. low. Award highlights. I won't go into details on this, but I'll, I'll give you a couple. So. It was nominated for a Golden Tra- Golden Trailer Award for Best there you Music. Go. See? Marketing. Boom. Yep. And and I gotta be honest, this had a good soundtrack. So Ain't no sunshine when it is gone. It had it had some pretty stiff stiff competition. It lost to the Royal Tenenbaums. But mm. Spider Man, remember the Spider Man had a pretty good good soundtrack. Like, like Spider Man One? Yeah. It had like Sum Forty One. Yeah. Remember all those oh, yeah. songs? Yeah. It was good. Moulin Rouge, a bunch of other ones. But this this lost to Royal Tenenbaums, which I guess is like the Wes Anderson t- style soundtrack, but stiff competition yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And then DMX was nominated for a MTV movie and TV award for best breakthrough male performance. And sure. he lost to a little known actor named Orlando Bloom. For Lord yeah. of the Rings. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, so I mean, it, yeah, yeah. I guess it's good. It was up against Harry Potter, Colin Hanks, and Paul that, Walker. That Again, stiff competition. Oh, dude, I, you know, you, you, like, everyone knows, like, we're, we love the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Paul Walker, specifically in the first Fast and Furious yes. movie, was terrible. It, he was <laughs> awful. They're lucky they got a second one because he was so bad in the first one. Vin Diesel acted circles around him. He did, which is saying something. God rest Paul Walker's soul. Yeah, RIP. <laughs> and then in 2001, it, it was nominated for an MTV VMA for No Sunshine uh, from for DMX. And on it lost to Moulin Rouge. No, not, <laughs> Lady, fair. La- not fair. The Lady Marmalade or whatever the song I was. Get- how are you going to beat that? You can't, right? And it was also up against U2 Elevation, which apparently was a song in Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Had no idea. Yeah. Casey and JoJo, Save the Last Dance, and Destiny's Child. Yeah. And then, which this is the most important one here, Steven Seagal was nominated for the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards for Worst Actor. He lost to Tom Green for Freddy Got Fingered, but mm. his competition was also Kevin Costner, 3,000 Miles to Graceland, Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone from Driven, and David Spade from Joe Dirt. Now, do you think who do you think should have won there? I, so, I don't know, man. So the only movie I haven't seen out of all that is Driven. I gotta say, I liked all those movies. Yeah. And I think this is this is just these people don't know what they're talking about. Freddie Got Fingered is secretly genius. It is. It's just they didn't get it. Just because they didn't get it doesn't mean that he's bad. And even if you want to call the movie bad, I don't think he acted poorly in it. He acted he, as he was supposed to act. Yes, yes. 
He, he's actually he acted great. the way he was supposed he's actually, to. He's actually great in it. And don't even get me started on Joe Dirt. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> I would give it to Steven Skull, probably. He this movie was good despite him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's he's not he's not very good, is he? Yeah. And and at this point. Know, at this point. Speaking of that, you can't listen to Last Road Podcast without some hard-hitting analysis. So we're gonna welcome you back to another episode of Steven Seagal is a creep and a jerk. Um, episode four? I don't know five, which one this four, is. Five. We've done this a might bunch have been of our movies. fourth or fifth. We did Under Siege 2, we did Mark for Death, we did Exit Wounds Now, and we yep. did uh, hard, hard to Kill. Out for Justice and Hard to Kill. So, and Hard to Kill, this is fine. Yeah. Man, yep. he might be our most acted actor. Our most acted actor. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, either him or Schwarzenegger, yeah, one or the other. Him or Schwarzenegger, the triumphant yeah. return of Steven Seagal. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. welcome back to another episode of Steven Seagal's A Creep and a Jerk, yeah. starring Drew in Badway. So the first thing that I saw that just really stood out was, and this is straight from IMDb, so of course it's true, right? Yeah. DMX did not enjoy working with Steven Seagal, mm. describing him as a quote, and I, I'm not saying this, this is DMX said this, quote, dickhead. Actually, we, we have the audio of DMX saying this, and we're going to play it for you right now. <laughs> yeah. you, know, I was, you know, I was acting with Steven Seagal, I was, I, he was a big dickhead, he was a dickhead. <laughs> he was. That was, Steven, that, that, that was DMX. Is it hard to believe? I don't think it is. I don't no, think it not, is. not at all. I mean, uh, it's been well documented that he's, Difficult, if not impossible, to work with. And you just kind of just got to let him go. Yeah. And in these situations where now he's in this movie with people that are better than him. This is a like, star-studded cast. DMX is a bigger star than, than Steve Seagal at this point, even though it's his first like real movie, right? Other, mm-hmm. other than Belly, really. Um, you got Tom Arnold, who obviously has been around the, around the block and back. You know, Anthony Anderson, up-and-coming star. Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White's been around the block. Like these people are better than him at this point. You got the 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 head of the TEC from Time Cop, the guy who's who's <laughs> <laughs> the triumphant return of him. Yeah. The guy the boss. You got freaking Bill Dukes. Bill, Bill Dukes. Duke, yep. he, he's but, he's back again too. But guys like Bill Dukes, like they they're just side characters that forever have let people like Steven Seagal just just run amok. So, yeah. but really. At this point, Steven Seagal acting a fool on set should not be tolerated by the <laughs> likes of Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson, but they they might think it's just too funny to <laughs> to check. Cannot sanction his buffoonery. Yeah, as we're about to get into in this next section. So there is a famous uh, Tom Arnold story that you may or may not have heard if you you know if you're a buff of this movie or even a casual enjoyer of this movie, where they're on they're on a houseboat, right? Then they're about to shoot the scene and the director's like, all right, guys, can we please have a quick uh, rehearsal of this scene? So it's for the blocking. So we have a bunch of cameras set up. We want to make sure this is all right. It's just all. No, I don't. I don't rehearse. I do it on the fly. We got to shoot it live. And the guy's like, come on, Steve, please, please. And so (laughs) (laughs) no, no, I can't do it. So he goes on for about 45 minutes arguing with the director about how he doesn't rehearse. In that 45 minutes, Drew, how many times could they have rehearsed the scene? Yeah, like at least 10. Like at least 10 like times, a, right? It was like a 10-second yeah. scene, too. Yeah, yeah. So Steven Seagal goes on and on about how he doesn't rehearse. So the director finally gives in and says, all right, roll camera, screw it. And Seagal gets up from his chair and he says, I'm going to go down. I'm going to kill your whole effing family. Because he's so furious of, of the director, right? <laughs> <laughs> so then he takes a step and he goes towards the door. <laughs> but Seagal, having not rehearsed the scene, doesn't understand. Now, remember, they're on a houseboat. The door he's 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 walking towards is leads towards the ocean. 
<laughs> and Tom Arnold knows it, and Anthony Anderson knows it, the director knows it, and none of them say a word. They just watch him and let him go. <laughs> Walks towards the door, opens the door, takes one step, sees the ocean. Oh, shit. Too late. Momentum. Splash. Steven Skull's in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and wasn't there a whole part of this where... That's what you, you know, get. Tom Arnold was talking about how they wanted him to wear a hairpiece and he wouldn't do it or yeah. something. And, yeah. and he winds up like sharpieing in his hair at this point because yeah. he got rid so, of his ponytail. Yeah. So there's no ponytail and, and like he's balding. So, but he like uses, a, I don't know if it's a Sharpie or if it's some kind of that, like, hair, spray? Spe- hair specific marker. So where you can even see in the movie, there's like something about his hairline just isn't right. It's not natural. So that he's in the water now, his hair is all screwed up. <laughs> and he's like he's overweight so it's like nobody can like it takes yeah. a couple guys to help get him out of the damn water <laughs> i got i got a link to the to the video because there's a video of him telling i think huffington post this story yeah, he told Arnold, it again yeah. Yeah. and the way that he describes it is so funny because he keeps validating or qualifying like you know, Steven Seagal, he's doing this thing. He's a really nice guy, bro. Yeah. I really like him. He's a great Full guy. Full of shit. Like, Full of complete, shit. Like, he definitely, yeah. <laughs> he keeps qualifying it, and it's so funny. And like Tom Arnold, <laughs> we were talking about this before we recorded. I don't know what happened to Tom Arnold where people looked at him like at some point in the 90s where he was sort of like, quote, like a joke. Yeah. But he is funny as hell, man. Yeah. Tom Arnold he's is just hilarious. quick-witted, hilarious. I just thought it was hilarious how he called Steve Seagal out like in, in the nicest way possible. Like, yeah. you know, Seagal, like he's a really, he's a really sensitive guy. So like he'll see me tell the story. He'd be like, Hey, why would you tell that story? You're like, he'll he's embarrassed. And I can see that being totally true yeah. about him being totally self-conscious. He's like, he probably lives his life self-consciously yeah. to where always worried about what people think of him and keeping up this persona, even at this late stage of his life, I bet. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, of Tom Arnold, so let me ask you this. I, here's a question, and this is it's tied back into the same stuff that we're talking about here, the creep and a jerk thing. Is this a violation? So Steven Seagal guested on Roseanne back in the day. He, he was himself, I believe, on there, and he right, had yeah. a Roseanne complete series box set signed by Roseanne, and oh, he lost this thing in a move. So he bought a new one, and he kept pressuring Tom Arnold to help him get this signed. Now, I believe that they got divorced in like 1994, or something, and this is <laughs> 2001. Like, is your prized possession like a Roseanne Barr signed like yeah. box set of DVDs or something? Like, is this like Ray Romano signing like Everybody Loves Raymond? Like, it's not even that. It's like you're you're, you're pestering a guy to go contact his ex wife <laughs> for an autograph for a washed up action star. <laughs> And it's kind of funny, like, you know, if they have any kind of relationship, it'd be like a really funny thing. Like, hey, Roseanne, hey, Steve Zagal wants your autograph. It's kind of funny, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's a total violation. <laughs> like, I'm just imagining, like, you got divorced and I'm asking you to get this thing signed <laughs> 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sorry, oh, that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> so that, and the other one, so... I promise we won't spend an hour on this, but there's too many, like this movie, no, let's, let's just say let's. this now. Okay, look, there's not a lot happening in this movie. I mean, there's a lot happening in this movie, but it's there's a not movie. a lot happening in this movie. It's a great movie, but there's so many things that are like interesting about this. And we don't typically spend a lot on the trivia or the behind the scenes stuff, but I'm like fascinated by the making of this movie and all the random crap that's like behind the scenes. So let me ask you this. Yeah. So similar to the last one, is this a violation? Is this lazy or is this genius? So okay. you just got down telling the story about how he doesn't practice anything, doesn't rehearse anything, right? Never, I don't rehearse. 
So according to Stephen Quadros, I don't even know who that is. I should know this. I looked at it. It's probably the fight choreographer or something. Yeah, so it said the fight scene between Steven Seagal and Michael Jai White, which is actually a pretty good fight where they had like the swords and stuff. Yeah. It was not choreographed in advance and Seagal and White ad-libbed it during production. So they didn't, like, you, watch, you ever watch behind-the-scenes DVDs of people doing fight choreography? Like, they spend months and stuff on some of this. Like, I'm not saying it looked like the most, like, believable fight ever, but it didn't look like they were just, you know, they picked this up and they're just messing around. <laughs> you yeah, it's just, it's have just a fight. It's standard practice. You, you, you go through it, slow motion, you, you know what the other guy's going to do. There's no surprises. <laughs> it's not like it's wrestling. It's like, <laughs> you, you have, it's not live, so you have the time, you might as well use it. <laughs> how long is a movie in pre-production you know yeah. like, maybe we should maybe we should figure this fight out it's like yeah. the climax of the movie like i can't imagine how they wouldn't want it i mean i guess he wanted it to look as natural as possible but mm. i don't yeah. know I, I i would wager a large amount of money that michael jai white would rather have rehearsed it a lot beforehand but seagal yeah i don't rehearse i don't, I, I don't know I, and, and we mentioned earlier this was his return to movies after three years so it's and IMDB says this, so I didn't write this, but it says that he slimmed down, updated his wardrobe, and ditched his trademark ponytail. So would this movie have been better off with a ponytail or not? Like no. would it would it suit him? It, it, there's no there was no room in two thousand and one for Steven Seagal ponytail. That 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 ship had sailed, I feel. What do you what do you think his most iconic look is? I I, I have a thought, but what, what do you think it is? Oh, I, I definitely think it's his heyday. I mean, I feel like it's you know, give him a ponytail, you know. Little Mark for Death action. I don't yeah. know. What, what were you thinking? That's the one I think of. Yeah. I think of the cover of Mark for Death where he's yeah. got the tight jeans, the giant puffy bomber jacket, and you can mm. see the gun and the silhouette yeah. of the ponytail, and yeah. it's like dripping wet. I like puffy bomber jacket better than like vest with no shirt. Yeah. You know, from Out for Justice. Out for Justice. Like, I like that look, but that's the that's not as Seagal yeah. as, as puffy bomber jacket. Like where he's just got the yeah. random military beret and he's yeah. like a cop like on the yeah. streets. It makes no yeah. sense. So, so now speaking yeah. of, you, you, you mentioned something, uh, he slimmed down, which is an overstatement probably, yes. but, but I'm not knocking him. Like he, you know, he definitely gained some weight and then he looked okay in this. Like you could tell he was hiding yeah. a little, little, little tummy there, but how, 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 how about we try this one on for size? Maybe he didn't choreograph or practice the fight with, with Michael Jai White because he was intimidated by how ripped and in shape. <laughs> Michael Jai White was, and he's a legitimate black belt yeah. who can kick your ass. And maybe the fact that it's not choreographed in his mind would keep Michael Jai White off balance. Yeah, keep him on his toes. He keep him on his toes he's gonna to do. give Seagal the upper hand to not make Seagal look like an amateur. He doesn't know the moves. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's going to do. So if they both don't know the moves together, then it's going to be <laughs> awkward for both of them. Michael Jai White can't yeah. outshine him. Yeah, because if there was any kind of practice to go on before, Seagal wasn't doing it and Jai was, Jai would have made him look like an amateur. I like your theory. Dude, he is, you ever you ever hear the term ripping out of your skin? Yeah. Like his, he, he was ripping, his skin was too tight for his muscles. Yeah, he needed to like upgrade his skin size because he's, he's wearing too small a size of skin. <laughs> like a Jai like, White. <laughs> his skin, he was, he was yeah. ripped. Like, yeah. I mean, I like him as an actor, by the way. He's really good. And yeah. I, he was, he was he's sort a great of that guy. underused he's a, he's in a this. Great that guy, a great actor too. He's really yeah. good. So th- there's another another thing we need to talk about behind the scenes here. Did you know this, by the way, the Eva Mendez dubbing incident? Did you know about this? No, before I had this? no idea. I'll tell you. I'll tell you so about. I saw this movie movie in the theater, and 
you know, it was one, probably one of the first movies I've seen Eva Mendez in because I think it's one of her earlier movies, and she, I didn't yep. think anything of it. I think she was I mean, in Trading Day, which I think was 2000. Yeah, it was like right around this yeah, time. So, yeah, right around this time. She was shooting them around the same time. But I was watching this, and I'm like, what the hell? It looks off. So if you I mean, if you know about movies, you know about ADR and people like dubbing things after the fact. So there's this other interesting tidbit that I saw on, on, on IMDb, and we got to talk about this because- like I'm gonna I'm gonna set up the scene. Put yourself in this shoe in in her shoes. By the way, you just got done filming this this movie. You're really proud of it. You take your family to the review or to the to the uh, to the debut of this thing. Yeah. And something sounds off. Something doesn't sound like your voice. So apparently, she called this a terrible movie. And apparently, they redubbed all of her speaking lines by another actress. And she didn't find out until the actual premiere. She said something was wrong. Something was just off. And the producer, who I believe is famously Joel Silver, who's famous for producing a whole bunch of movies, Mm -hmm. later explained to her that her voice was replaced because she, quote, didn't sound intelligent enough. And she said this on Jon Stewart. And she goes, a Steven Seagal film? And I didn't sound intelligent enough? Yeah, you gotta let it slide, right? Dude. Like, Oof. come on. I, okay. No, messed I'm in, up. I'm in her sexy shoes, right? So <laughs> I'm on her side and saying that's that's kind of a jerk thing to say. And was it really that bad? No. But what if it was? I I mean, we don't, we'll never know. Is there a what if it cut? was unusable? Couldn't I, they I, bring I, her back? But what is To redo the lines? Enough? Yeah, they should have her redo Just them. call her back to redo the lines. Hey, you know what? I didn't like the way you said it here. Yeah. Well, the question is, was this the director or was this Silver coming, pulling strings? I can't imagine just going to see the movie I was just in and realizing it's not my voice. Oh, I would be mortified. It's like, it's the equivalent of Johnny Drama getting cut from the movie when he thinks he's going to be in it. Yeah. Like, oh, they yeah. cut me from the movie, bro. Oh, man. Like, what the hell, man? It's messed up. Yeah, I feel bad it, it for is. her. You got to call her back. Like, if, if it's unusable, like, why can't you just call her back? And and she obviously somebody else. was somebody that was on her way up in her career too. She's very yeah. famous and a good actress. Mm-hmm. So clearly they were wrong on that one. But man, so, maybe they weren't. So maybe you know, maybe maybe Wayne Campbell was the producer on that. You know, <laughs> and he was like, I know it's a small part, <laughs> but we can do better than this. I forgot like that. I actually used that sound effect in one of our early episodes. It might have been yeah. one of these, and I I'm just too lazy to put it in now. So <laughs> I need to finally get a soundboard. That was a, that was a real life situation where yeah. I know it's a small part, but we can do better than this. <laughs> she wasn't in it much. I mean, what no. did she do? Do a little bit of like videotaping of some things. Yeah. She showed some cameras. She yeah, probably she showed only up had on the like, street one time. Like, yeah, she wasn't really a major part of the movie. She probably had about 10 lines, I think, yeah. in the movie. It wasn't a lot, but yeah. I mean, come on, still. It's kind of yeah. messed up that that happened. It is. it is. All right. So, um, you know, we got to rate our Steven Skull movie. So there's got to be, there's got to be some, some bodies hitting the floor, right? <laughs> some blood. Be. Yeah. Gore. So if I were to tell you that in the entire film, there were 38 kills, would you believe me? I, it seems high. It does seem high. And then I remember the opening scene, right? The opening scene on the bridge is the majority of those kills with 20. Now, Seagal had nine. Chief Hinges? Hinges. Whatever. Silent H? (laughs) Whatever. Duke. Bill Duke. Get two. DMX at three. And uh, various cops and whatnots, you know, on the bridge. Uh, we're responsible for about 20 of them. What did you think about the overall 
gunplay and violence of this movie? Were you underwhelmed, overwhelmed, aside from the cool DMX belt shotgun situation? There was, yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely the coolest. Yeah. But there's guys shooting up gas canisters. That's pretty cool. There's yeah. guys getting stabbed in the neck with a poison needle mm-hmm. and still driving without stopping. I mean, yeah. that's pretty cool. Shout out to Seagal for dodging a bullet by the sound of the guy pulling the trigger, right? Imagine the <laughs> yeah. reflexes on a guy. He's it's getting like his car. Flash. He's getting, yeah, he's getting his car. It really is the flash. <laughs> he's, he's in the or middle Neo. of getting his car jacked and he just beats up 10 street thugs at once. Dodges a bullet <laughs> and then does like kind of a kip up in Seguri to the back of the guy's head which is like a, an athletic feat that can only be done with slow motion and wires <laughs> that, that I like, I stay, I stood up and I cheered when I saw it. I loved it so much. Like that's the Seagal I know. Yeah, that, that, that was actually awesome. And the, the other one that I liked was, I liked it, but I didn't like it was when he smashed the bouncer's throat with a chain and knocks him through a window. Like he just rolls up into a club and just starts wrecking the place. I mean, that, if that's not the definition of police brutality, what is yeah. it? <laughs> He was on the job. I mean, he, I guess he was moonlighting at that point. But yeah. I mean, there, there's a, so the, the one we pulled in the beginning was moviebodycounts.com. That I, All Out of Bubblegum had another kill. It had 39, but he also was shooting helicopters. And maybe oh. maybe we can just jump into the into him, right? And we talk a little bit about that, that beginning scene. But, you know, you got Officer Oren Boyd. He's saving the vice president bad way. And oh. he's shooting helicopters with pistols. He's a hero. So you know, you know when Patrick Bateman shot the helicopter with a pistol, yeah, and it was like almost seems surreal. Yes, <laughs> like that's that's the kind of ridiculousness. That's we're what this about. was. Yeah. So he let's set the scene up for everybody. He he's he's a cop, and he shows up to this this thing for the vice president speaking about, I guess, new gun laws or something. That's yeah, coming gun in. violence and and uh, keeping guns out of children's hands, that kind of thing. Which I mean, you know, here we are, twenty one years later, still still dealing with it. Yeah, and and he was right. So he he winds up getting into this this giant gunfight on a bridge because can can I stop you right there? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because before we get into the ridiculousness of him saving the VP, yeah. can we talk about how he rolled up to the VP speech and and uh, astonishingly late? Right, it's like two minutes left. He yeah, he butts through everyone that's sitting down to find his seat. Like imagine walking through a movie and going to the climax of the movie and then trying to find your seat walking through everybody. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. That's him. So then he sits down. The guy says in the speech, says his last sentence, everybody claps. He stands up and is the first one to leave. <laughs> so it's like, why? Like you're so late. You, such a dick move to even show up. It was Just politics, don't show up. man. He even Just says to up. the boss, I didn't vote for him. Did you, did you catch that line? <laughs> do you know what? Do, do you know the context of that? He goes, yeah. you know, yeah, you saved him, but what if it had gone the other way? What, yeah. if, what if your actions would have killed the VP? He goes, well, I didn't vote for him, so who cares? <laughs> Damn, Oren. <laughs> and this guy's about gun control. And he, you know yeah. what he's about. He's about he's about loaded weapons and just, <laughs> like, just taking guys out at clubs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. And that, that was the other thing. The other thing that was awkward is they said he slimmed down. He changed his wardrobe. He did change his wardrobe. He shows up in a three-button suit. Yeah. Looking weird as hell. I've never seen him in a suit. And you know what? He never looked thinner, man. He never he looked did. thinner. <laughs> he should be in more suits because he looked good. As soon as he you know what? went to the button down, you can see the gut again. You're going to like the way he looks. I guarantee it. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> the men's warehouse. Yeah. The guy for him, man. Yeah, the, men, the men's warehouse really, really suited him up. 
So the the vice president is trying to get, I guess they're trying to murder him or abduct him. I don't even know what the hell's going on. These guys are showing up in cars. This, This scene... I get that it was in the movie and I read something about it where they basically added this in after the fact. They thought it was cool. It was something yeah. that Joel Silver wanted to put in something else and it didn't work, so they put it in this instead. Do you think it fit the movie? I liked it. I mean, I thought it was a cool scene, but did it okay. feel a little weird? Yes. Yes, it felt weird. No, it didn't fit the movie. Am I glad it's in? Yes. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, it was welcome. A welcome addition. You know? is, so he winds up knocking the vice president. He saves his life, but he knocks him off the bridge after this epic gunfight. Threw fight. him off the bridge. Yeah. As the guy, he's falling, I can't swim. Was that a smart move? Would you have done that? Sure. Well, they could just like lean over and shoot, couldn't they? But That's know. true, right? I mean, but if Raymond Kalitri- Seagal was in the middle of dispatching all yeah. of them anyway, so. If Raymond Kalitri yeah. can shoot falling down, he yeah. can he can shoot yeah. You can shoot, shoot someone pointing down, it's easier than you falling, yeah. sh- pointing, shooting up. That's harder but to do. If guy's falling, right? Yeah. And I don't want to do math and physics here, but. Please. So if he shoots, if if they shoot the bullet down, does yeah. it go faster? Of course it does. <laughs> there's, you know, there's there's gravity working is working for you. Does it go wind faster? resistance? Shoot, shooting up, you got to deal with the wind resistance. Uh-huh. I mean, if Seagal can can dodge a bullet at level length, yeah. straight on horizontal, he most certainly could dodge a bullet if it's shooting up. Shooting down. He might get nipped in the ear. He moves, yeah. move his head just a it's little late. A little bit more wind, a little bit more resistance. Yeah. But if we're different. talking about an amateur gun gunfighter, such as the vice president, he'd be dead in an instant. <laughs> he'd be dead. I tell you, there was a lot of goons in the scene, guys in box yeah. trucks and 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 yeah. food trucks. Can, can we talk about how when Seagal stole the uh i don't know if it was a, a snack truck or something like, like that food truck. it was like a food truck and he put the hat on <laughs> he put the worker's hat on it's totally unnecessary <laughs> but see that's the little touches the that little make things. these the kind of things. movies so good because he didn't need to wear the hat put the hat on Yes, I kept thinking like every time we watch a movie the whole time I'm watching a movie I'm thinking like what are we going to make as the cover picture what are we going to make as the cover picture and that's like the one that came to my mind right away that could be it so it's him as the traffic cop so so let's set this up for people so he gets suspended because they said that he should have stayed his ass out of this yeah was this suspension justified what did he actually do so he he did save the vice president had he not intervened What's the percentage of chances the vice president's dead? hundred percent. You think hundred? It's not like ninety. Were they going to ransom him, or was it they were going to murder him? I feel like they were going to murder him because yeah, I guess they want the legislation gun. Yeah, the legislation. So, like, I feel like they were closing in on like like that. His secret service vehicle was like was slowly being closed in on. So, had Seagal yeah. not intervened. He would have been surrounded on all sides. It would have been a matter of time before it would have been over. Let me tell you something, man. I don't know if these criminals know, but this is a flawed plan. They're going to kill the vice president so that legislation doesn't pass. Yeah. I got a news for you, buddy. There's a hundred senators. There's (laughs) there's like however many representatives. And oh, by the way, there's the president too, that this guy probably is going to pass the same legislation. Sorry, Mm -hmm. guys. You, you, you failed. Yeah, you failed. <laughs> you failed. Do, you, do you not know how government works, guys? I mean, come know? on. They didn't take government and yeah. politics back yeah. in high school here. It's like this guy, is not, they're not going to single-handedly yeah. stop the legislation yeah. by 
kidnapping the vice president. In fact, they're proving the point more by using yeah. the guns. By using the guns. Hey, we got to get rid of these guns. <laughs> they're going to start, you know, fight fire with fire here, I guess. But really, his main argument was guns for guns with, in children's hands. That's true. So really, there, there was no children involved here. No, not that we know of. No. So but. these these people that are trying to take out the president, they're pro Children's with guns. Yeah. So they want like more guns candy. in children's hands. <laughs> Give the kids guns. Yeah. They need them. Yeah. I mean, do you think it, do you think he should have been justified? Like, do you think he should have been suspended? I don't think he should. No, because I think whatever it takes to get the job done, how many, how many civilians did you kill? And if the answer is zero, right. then you did the right thing. Now, if he killed nine terrorists or bad guys or assassins, those people, I mean, that's like that's like the rules of engagement for a war, yeah. right? That's like those guys were asking for it. That's self-defense. They should have promoted him to head that's, of Secret Service. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's it's past self-defense. It's defense of, you know, a high-ranking government official. Yeah. They, so totally justified. Him. All those Secret Service guys got mowed yeah. down like like stooges. All right. So did he get suspended because he saved the president in a in a um in a violent fashion, or did he get suspended because he threw him over the bridge? Probably, probably because of the bridge. The guy was if probably he, annoyed. If he never threw him over the bridge, did he? Does he not lose his job? Pro, pro, maybe, he, maybe he, he gets does everything else. Earth. Everything else except throwing him off the bridge. He, he does have get, a history. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> we got to talk have about that. a history of violence. We got to talk about that. Yeah, starring Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about his history of violence. I agree with you, by the way. I think if he doesn't go off the bridge, he, yeah. he doesn't get suspended. And they say, the job well done. It wasn't that. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the George Washington. Like, it was, it was fine. It was George a good. Like, I don't know. What do, what do you think it was? Like 30 feet? It's yeah, fine. It's, it looks, it was fine. The guys, I mean, he couldn't swim, but yeah. come on. And the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard was right They're there. They're right there. They were I mean, right there. They the should guy, have had people the, down there anyway. And, and you know what? Isn't it a, like, the guy's a high ranking government official. Like, yeah. if, if a. You know the the Earth, let alone the United States, it's surrounded by water, right? Right. It's it's a it's a hazard for a guy that powerful to not know how to swim. They should probably teach him. Probably teach a guy how to swim. You know what? You might want to take yeah. swimming lessons Maybe here. Take him to the YMCA. I mean, just... if you're if you're plus forty and you don't want to swim, like what do you, what's going on? Come on, you got to gotta learn. Come on, it's a basic survival technique. I I I question what Frank Daniels is doing here because he's like, you should have never even been on that bridge. This guy's too worried about Van Damme coming back from his time machine roller coaster yeah. to, to worry about what Seagal just did here. But yeah. you mentioned a history of violence. We got to talk about this guy. Yeah. So a lot of Seagal's movies deal with him being either not a crooked cop. I would say maybe somebody that has some methods that maybe are not conventional. He doesn't follow, he doesn't follow the rules. He doesn't yeah. follow the rules. We've done a, what we said. This is the fifth movie now at this point so. with him. Is this his worst policing job? Forget the acting job, but like, is this yeah. his worst policing job? Like, what kind of guy is the he? Because we don't get much backstory. Probably. Because if you remember, a lot of his other movies, there's a personal reason to why he's doing what he's doing in these movies. He's being overly violent in these other movies. He's just flat out murdering henchmen, shooting legs off of henchmen, smacking people in the face with pool balls out of revenge. And just rage, right? Yeah. He has no revenge or rage in this game. Stealing hot dogs. He's just mad that he got demoted. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, would uh, you want to be a traffic cop? I don't think I would. No. After you've we been have, saving the yeah. vice president? No. no, of course not. So we have no we have no real backstory of this guy other than the fact that he is violent and he is a, is a rule breaker. So to me, that just screams just bad cop. Yeah. Like not dirty cop, not crooked cop, but not good policeman. 
I think they even quote, there was a quote at one point where they said he had three excessive force complaints already in the year. Yeah. Which, you know, wh- whatever that could be. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he murdered a bouncer in the club we talked about already yeah. in cold yeah. blood in front of the hundreds of witnesses. Short fuse. Rolled up in there. Short fuse. He, I lost count of how many times he pulled his side piece out on people, including <laughs> yeah, his just, partner yeah. when he woke he's up from wave, a nap. He's just waving his gun in public everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. He, he pulls sleeps his with gun the, out. Okay. So he has, nobody is, nobody's out to get him personally, right? right. In this, in this movie, <laughs> but he still sleeps with his gun under his pillow on a boat with, with, with it loaded with one in the chamber. Yeah. So what kind of paranoid son of a bitch sleeps with a gun on a loaded gun under your pillow? And how many people has he killed off screen that we don't even know about? <laughs> That that just maybe not the the pizza boy delivering ah! a pizza. <laughs> Somebody delivering a pizza. Yeah. He's getting DoorDash. Somebody I mean, comes we, in. We don't want to get political in here. It's not even political. It's just kind of like the way the way things are. But you talk about a policeman with an itchy trigger finger just based off of fear. I mean, yeah. that's like this is this is it right here. This is who we're talking about. Didn't they send they send Michael Douglas's character to like the shrink? When you get yeah. into like some violence, like he could yeah. he could use the psychiatric help here, you know. Yeah, I think anger management was the wrong course. It was <laughs> it was not the right course. He that he needs. It enraged him more. Yeah, he got, he got angrier. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. He's pulling his gun on people. He's eating people's dinner uh, off their dinner plate. Uh, there's a bunch of other crimes that he had. He was yeah. shooting at people in the club too. Like he was doing a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure he was shooting people. No matter what, he's just chasing guys down. Yeah. When, when he first met Anthony Anderson, when Anthony Anderson was looking at the binoculars, trying to look at the deal, Seagal has nothing to go on here. Like, right. for all we know, I mean, Anthony Anderson said he was peeping on his girlfriend, thinks he's, thinks he's cheating on her, which is a valid, great, you know, great excuse. It's, a, it's a great excuse. And Seagal just takes his binoculars and breaks them, slaps the cuffs on him. Uh, what's the crime? Is there a crime for peeping? I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's... it's it's the opposite of indecent exposure. Like, what is it? I guess I don't, I don't know. Maybe didn't, didn't read him his rights. Cuffed him to his grill. I mean, that right there. I mean, I mean, Anthony Anderson got off easy. I think it could have been a lot worse. Hey, you know it what? Been a lot worse. He deserved getting his grill ripped off with that car that he's he's driving around the Dodge Ram yeah. with the that, sticker still in the yeah, window. Probably stole it off the lot and <laughs> and and told and told the dealer, "You say anything, I'm gonna kill you." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. We're gonna get back to some of his other stuff in a second, but where does Oren Boyd rank against some of the other Seagal yeah. character names? We did a couple movies. Like, where do you? Because I think it's one of yeah. the worst. And so I know I this is based had, on a book. Yeah. We had this conversation a long time ago, maybe back freaking five, six years ago, when this in this infancy of this podcast of of Seagal's names of his characters. Oren is definitely the worst, <laughs> right? Like by far, by far the worst. I'm. I'm. I'm partial to Gino Felino personally. It's <laughs> so good. And Casey Ryback. And we can't forget Casey's bad Casey's, Casey's Dockside Dockside Bistro. Bistros that, you know, I'd love to visit one day. I'm sure it's in New Orleans somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? My personal favorite is Mason Storm. I mean, that's yeah, just I, yeah. This is a great name. Yeah. And you can't you can't beat that one. And I know it's unintentionally hilarious, but Forrest Taft on Deadly Ground is, is yeah. a good one too. But I, I my favorite is is either is either Hatcher, John Hatcher, or Mason Storm. Yeah. But I can see why you'd like Gino Felino. Yeah, Gino Felino was, was that's, one of that's one of the best ones. Yeah. So we we mentioned a little bit about his living situation. We didn't get much of a of a background, but I got to ask you. He had this houseboat. That was, it looked like one of the tiny house nation, like houseboats. It looked like oh, it was yeah. done up really nice. Mm-hmm. 
how, like, how does a houseboat work? Because I've seen them in movies where they're typically like in New Orleans or they're more on the water or something like that. This looked like it was in some pretty rocky waters here. Like, yeah. is he seasick constantly or is he yeah. just, what's uh, going on no, with this? There's no way I could deal with that. Could you live you know, in that? As a living situation. But I got to question the rockiness because like, is, is the, is Lake Michigan really that rocky? I don't <laughs> Like, it's <laughs> like a it's lake. The wind, it's the, it's the a, wind it's is a great bad. Lake. I don't know. But like, it just seems like I don't need my, house moving while i'm trying to sleep does he does he rent this place like does he drive it around like can you drive the houseboat somewhere <laughs> yeah. does he like, take what, it somewhere else like what property do you own like do you i guess do you own the docking you the parking rent, space it's the you parking rent? space right that you that's like rent. an rv i guess yeah. sort of i i don't ask, know let me ask you this do you think he has a waterbed how funny would that be <laughs> like if you're on you have a boat and then on the boat you get a waterbed so you're like double rocking or does it cancel out the movement or does it because- yeah or yeah if you get it to flow the right way it would be like you know sleeping on clouds right yeah you're, you're you yeah. got the best sleeping situation yeah. because the rockiness of the water is canceled out by the rock the, the reverse rockiness it's like when the two waves hit each other when they combine each other yeah. like the sound waves has anyone ever thought of water pillows is that a thing that's a <laughs> because i feel like that would be great I don't know. Like, does it? I want to sleep on a on a pillow of water. It just seems like you put your head in a bucket or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be dry. <laughs> you'll be dry. Imagine you drown in the middle of the night because your water <laughs> pillow leaks. <laughs> you did. It's like, oh man, how did Badway died? He dry. He drowned from his pillow. <laughs> his, his his water pillow sprung a leak. Drowned in the middle of the night. It was a tragedy. It was a real tragedy. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. <laughs> It's like I told him not to get that water pillow. It's I told him that that, that was dangerous. It's like what do they say on what do they say on uh, on social media? Like uh, how how do you tell me it's three a.m. without telling me it's three a.m.? It's this conversation. <laughs> Us this having water pillows. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about him and his boss. You heard the weird sexual chemistry in the beginning of this whole thing. Yeah. Like what is is this his doing? What's what's going on? I don't know. Here? I liked his boss, and she wasn't in it enough. I feel. Yeah, she was underused. And do you think maybe she was in it more and some scenes were deleted? Is this the first one where he doesn't have a love scene? Yeah. And I think that he creeped her out and that's probably what happened. And they had to cut or rewrite some of the movie to write out the, the um, sexual chemistry yeah. or the love story. Right. Yeah. Because it seemed like the the seeds were planted, but they never, they never went forward with it to the point where the lady she died, and it really didn't even like have to happen. And it didn't even matter, really. She too. died because she drove into the back of another car, <laughs> which happened a lot in this movie. There's a lot of cars <laughs> banging into the back of other cars from, from car chases. Is this like, you know how everyone has sort of like a signature move? Is this what, yeah. like, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Andrej, uh, God, I can't even pronounce it, Bart, Bartowick? I'm yeah, gonna I'm butchering this guy's name, but yeah, is this fine. his move? It's a signature move yeah. of how people die in a movie. Cars slamming into parked cars <laughs> from from car chases, and an airbag inflating <laughs> yeah. five seconds after yeah. the crash is over. See, she she um she was unlucky because she just went head on and the car stopped and she got and she wasn't wearing her seatbelt. Right? Yeah. Most cars they they in this movie anyway they ram into the back of the car that's parked and they and they jump up and they flip. That's true. And they was- they go airborne. This one didn't go airborne. There she was a lot of front. flipping, exploding cars yeah. in this too, especially during yeah. that chase. What well, do you? Let me ask you before we move on from her. Do you think that she was dirty too? They said she was internal affairs. Was she dirty? No, she was clean. You can you tell so? she was clean. Yeah, totally clean. She was in it for the work. She was all about the work. 
I, w- I was wondering about that because they didn't, they really left it open ended. You didn't really it, find out. If internal affairs is dirty, then who can you trust her? But what if she was the inside person on the internal That's affairs like, to find out what's going on? I would assume that everyone's dirty if I was a clean cop. Like, you know, I wouldn't trust, you, you can't trust anybody. <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna get you, man. They're gonna get you. Gonna you can't, <laughs> that's why it's like you know, you know, the brotherhood. You can't, you can't, you can't yeah. squeal on your feather fellow cop. It's like it's because you, you just can't do it. Well, I mean, let me let me say something about this movie. This movie was like, you know how they they make jokes about double cross and then a double of the double cross and a quadruple cross and a, and a quintuple cross. Like yeah. the end of this movie, the way that it unfolded, it was yeah. like double cross after double cross after double cross. I was fully expecting her to be bad. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have surprised me at this point because everyone else turned bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. What, what, but what about the one clean guy, the other clean cop besides Bill Duke, yeah. George Clark played by Isaiah Washington. Where would yeah, you Isaiah rank Washington. him as a, as a sidekick? See, he was, he was too good of, of a guy to be teamed up with a dude like Oren. And I feel bad for this guy. And I especially feel bad at the end of the movie when, uh, when, when, uh, what's his name? Duke. What's his name? Uh, Bill Duke, Bill Duke, Bill Duke. I always forget his first name. Duke, Duke. He goes, all right, all right, Oren, you can come back. And he goes, no, nah, I think I'm going to stay here. And you know that that, that Isaiah Washington or Beth was going, shit. He thought he got rid of him. And now he's like, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be your partner. Yo, like, oh, he's damn, gonna, this, this guy's going to get him killed. He is going to get yeah. him killed. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. poor baby and wife. <laughs> not, not more than three or four hours prior, yeah. he rolls up into his place. And he's like, you we got to take care of this as he's holding the baby. Yeah. Now again, choice on the writers and the directors for making that baby as a prop. They're yeah. like, make you feel bad for this yeah. guy. And the, and the wife is like, damn it. Give me the baby. Yep. <laughs> this guy's rolling up into, into so, a death wish. Yep. So the t- two things are going to happen because Seagal is his partner or Rid or whoever. He's either going to die or he's going to get his ass divorced because he's going to pull yeah. him out of bed at 2 a.m. too many times. And eventually the wife's not going to have it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think that he was used enough as, as much as Max was from Marked for Death. So I don't think that he was as good of a, maybe he was Ma- oh. good character. Max was like all time sidekick. He was, Max, he was down. He was down for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you get Keith David in a movie. Yeah. Keith David was down for, you, <laughs> we're going to kill this guy. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. We got to get him. Yeah. Oh man. Let, let's talk about DMX for a second. So Latrell oh. Walker, great name. You mentioned Dude. this. So we didn't we didn't plan this. So today we're we're recording uh, April 9th into April 10th, the morning of, is exactly the one year anniversary of the death of DMX. Which so RIP DMX. We did not plan for this to be a one year anniversary of his death. And it just it just so happened to be that way. And DMX is definitely a flawed figure of like great guy, In also life. you know a drug addict and a man of many arrests, but from. His family and friends that knew him, he was a nice soul, right? And he definitely fostered my love for rap and hip hop in uh, in the late '90s and early 2000s. And I thought he was one of, if not the best rapper turned actor that we've seen, like in the history. You know, it's him and it's Tupac. I think I think both of those guys are up there. Um, I'm not even counting Ice Cube because I think that that's a different kind of actor. He's been in more movies, he's made more money, but I wouldn't call him a better actor than DMX or Tupac. But it's just a shame because Tupac wasn't or uh, DMX wasn't able to act much longer after this movie just because of his drug problems and his arrests and his, his struggle with life. Yeah. So really, after like the year two thousand four, two thousand five, 
he kind of became unreliable probably in the eyes of Hollywood. I thought he was good in this. Yeah. He was really good. So he was really good in this movie, Never Die Alone, which came out, I believe, it, it was either a, a limited release or it might have been direct DVD, but it was really good. It came out in 04. I never saw that one. Yeah. And that was kind of his last, like, major, you know, quote unquote, major movie. And he was in other stuff after that, but he would never really got the roles that he could have, he could have seen, you know, had he had, he had a cleaner life. I'm pretty sure he was in a 2019 movie with Seagal, right? Where they 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 put one last ride together, I think it was. I forgot what the movie was. Beyond the Law. video one, yeah. Beyond the Law, yeah. I didn't see that one, but- I never saw it. Yeah, you know. Not great. <laughs> you know, at that point in Seagal's career, I'm kind of out on, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I, I thought he did a great job in this, you know, and I thought that, I don't know. I just, it made me miss him because- he was a great rapper, it, not so much his rhymes, but his storytelling and his emotion. And that's that's kind of what it was. And his emotion played into his acting. It's like it was it seemed easy for him because yeah. he was he's he's able to channel his emotions. He's not afraid to show his emotions on his albums. He's cried on his albums. He's he's cried in concert. Like he's not afraid of that. And I yeah. think that's if you're able to do that, then acting's probably easy for you. And it was probably easy for him. I, I liked him a lot in this movie. I thought he played a good character. He did a good job acting. And, yeah. you know, I thought the character itself was actually kind of interesting. And and yeah. it's been a while since I've seen this. I saw it in the theater. And I kind of forgot, like, the twist and turn that the thing took. And I knew where it was going to wind up, but I forgot how it got there. And I just think, I'm not going to blame this on DMX. I'm blaming this on the book and the writers, but... I think that his plan to save his brother is just a little flawed. Yeah, don't you? Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a little flawed. Interesting to say the least. Do you think that it would have worked? And why not? Because I know it wouldn't. No. I'll tell you why exactly why it wouldn't have worked. Is because if you're a civilian, even if your intentions are good, if your idea is to make drug deals to frame Catch. undercover cops... <laughs> into showing that they're not undercover, that they're actually dirty. The problem with that is even if the cops are dirty, you still as a civilian are dealing those drugs. Yeah. You can't just say, Oh, just kidding. I was doing it to bust these guys. You don't have a government signed, uh, you know, document stating that you're doing this not for profit, but you know, you have, you have to be an employee of the government, right? That's the, the flaw. Yeah. So even if he catches these guys, he's still committing these crimes. He is. Even though he can say until he's blue in the face, guys, I'm not, I don't want these, uh, trust me, I don't want the money, I don't want the drugs. I did this all for all intent, good intentions to get my brother out. No, it doesn't work that way. And, and not to mention the fact that the cop can just say, well, I was undercover. I, I'm dirty. It's like departed, yeah. right? It's like six yeah. layers of, I'm in yes. deep. Those videos do nothing, really, because the cops could just say, oh, I'm undercover. They all died. Yeah. <laughs> they can't, they can't, they can't. Nobody's talking. Yeah. Right. They're not going to find the real, the real right. kingpin, which is the vice president. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the, the, the plan was just flawed in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't think that it made, I, but, I get what he's doing I and mean, he's trying to save his brother. But like, what can you do if, if, if your brother was framed for, for these drug deals then you, and you're a millionaire and like, you got to Like, what can you do? What if he just you buys, do something drastic, I guess. You buy a better lawyer, man. Get, yeah. get the best lawyer you can. The yeah. guy the yeah. guy had what, 999.com? Yeah, 999.com. <laughs> yeah, like, who'd, who'd have thought? It's a pretty, pretty big yeah. deal having yeah. 999.com back it's then. Like, it's like stamps.com. He's the original like Jeff Bezos. It's like son of a bitch. Exactly. Man. So yeah. I mean, what, if, what if the cops were undercover the whole time? Yeah. I, I just say it's a flawed plan. Yeah. And, and I don't. 
I, I was going to say about the cops being undercover. How about when uh, Seagal first busted in and like we didn't know that the cops were dirty yet, and that Italian cop was was Martini? fighting him with yeah, Mantini was fighting him with the with the handsaw. Yeah, it's like that's a hell of a stretch. Uh, you're undercover. Are you sure you're undercover when you were coming yeah. at me with a handsaw? I, by the way, dumb move to go at some guy with a <laughs> circular saw because. Yeah. You're going to probably cut yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's I probably you, yeah. cut myself cutting a piece of wood, yeah. not fighting Steven Seagal with it. That's how, what's that? What's that main artery in your leg? Like, yeah, that's how you cut that. This is yeah. like you swing and you miss and then you hit yourself. Let's say you dropped it on your foot. Yeah. It's like you cut your foot off. Yeah. Like I, I, that was very dangerous. And, oh, and yeah. chicken wire fence is not going to stop you no. from that saw. Very and, uh, dangerous. Before we move on, I just wanted a quick shout out that uh, DMX's brother in this movie. It's drag on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Another great rapper who kind of like kind of fell off after a little bit. He was part of the Rough Riders. Just wanted to throw that out I thought out there. he was pretty good too. Yeah. I thought he did a good job. Yeah. I'm surprised these guys didn't get more acting roles, like you said, because yeah. I thought they were decent. Yep. Another small part in the movie, we, we touched on it earlier, and we, I, we don't have to spend a ton of time, and I don't mean to like gloss over his crew, but we, I mean, we only have so much time we can talk. We got to get to the yeah. villain scale in a second, but Tom Arnold and TK, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Anthony Anderson earlier yes tom arnold do you think they were properly used in the movie i mean i guess the, there's only so much screen time they're the same guy aren't they kind of they are yeah they're both fast really talking. funking guys they're both fast talking they're both a little overweight you know jolly guys yeah both smart asses yeah no i thought they were and uh i would have liked to see more tom arnold but i understand the character that he was like he didn't have a reason to be attached at seagal's hip throughout the movie it would have been fun if he was but you know yeah sure i thought they were I thought the end credit scene was awesome. That was hilarious. Where, where they were just basically the ad-libbing. They were basically ad-libbing on the TV show. Yeah. How much footage did we not see that was oh, yeah. that wasn't there? I, I'm sure if you could search on YouTube, I bet there's like a 20-minute deleted scene of just them riffing. That I would I would totally watch that. Nothing will beat Tom Arnold in, in True Lies like we talked about, but yeah. I, I thought he, he was... I was glad he was in this, put it that yeah. way. I just kind of wish he was in, in it more. Yeah. If you're going to cast a funny guy to just be nervous and quick-talking... He's perfect guy, perfect guy for that. So let, let's get to the to the villain scale here. Controversial. I, I, we got a controversial ruling here. I don't. You're gonna have, you're gonna be the judge because I, right. I I'm not gonna. You can't I trust think, me. I think I know what I want, but yeah, so I, I hate when this happens. But this happens from time to time when we don't know who the real villain is. So why don't you lay it out for us? Yeah. So there there's there's really a couple guys that we could put in here. So Strut is is Michael Jai White, and it, it, again, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen the movie, it's you know twenty years old at this Please. point, but. Strut is played by Michael Jai White, winds up being sort of, uh, what does he say? The devil convinced you he isn't real. Kind Can of we thing, stop using he? that line, please? <laughs> yeah. It's like, enough of that line. That That's like, I don't know. It's it's like the cheesiest line. It's like, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Like armchair philosophy or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. What's the definition of insanity, Drew? Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's the same thing. It's the Let's same. Let's get this like, out of movies. Just, yeah, can we, can we just get those two things out of movies? Those two sayings. So you got Strut who really is the mastermind behind this, but then you get Frank Daniels. We mentioned that the TEC enforcement lead, whatever from time <laughs> cop, go listen to our Van Damme episode, oh, Frank yeah. Daniels. This guy is really the mastermind and they have a fight with each other. He's like, yeah. no, I'm the one in charge, not you bozos or whatever yeah. the heck he said. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is actually the villain of this and how should yeah. we score it? So the rule goes, if you have to argue that you are in fact the one in charge, you are not in charge, right? Yeah. So that's what they say, like, you know, you know, in a movie, God damn it, I'm the president of the United States. If you have to shout that a hundred times. Yeah. There was a f- recent former president that used to say that all the time. And it's, you know, is he really have power? <laughs> I don't know. 
If you have to keep screaming it, then I don't think you have power. And I think that's the case with Frank Daniels. He shows up way late in the movie and like, oh, by the way, I was in on it the whole time. He even pointed the gun at Seagal in like the most like awkward and like nervous way ever to make me think this guy's not in it. He's not in it for the long haul. So I'm going to go with Michael Jai White because I hate when a movie just. All right. Just just puts a guy in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, all along. Like he wasn't in it at all, except for the beginning and the end. Like who cares if he's in on it? Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the other thing that you mentioned, he shows up with a feeble holding the gun. Yeah. It, it's, I, I laughed my ass off when he shows up and Seagal's like, you didn't bring any backup? And he looks so <laughs> guilty as hell. And he's just yeah. standing there like, here's like, put on this vest, give him all this yeah. stuff. And he's just standing there kind of like, oh, I didn't trust anybody. It's like he had that guy. I mean, give credit to the actor. Yeah. He played the I'm guilty as hell on his face when he showed up. And, and not, I don't, I hate, I hate to tear the movie apart, like plot, plot wise, right? But how about the fact that this uh, Frank Daniels uh, knows that Seagal is being transferred to this precinct? Yes. Don't you think that he would have at least given a heads up to Michael Jai White since they're in it together on this drug, drug cannon, deal man. thing? Hey, you got to watch out for this guy, this guy over, and he's coming over. He's bad news. He's going to snuff you out. So you you better take care of this guy early before he screws you up late. Well, I, I was going to ask you earlier because I didn't know if it was Bill Duke sending him because he's he's the, the commissioner, I guess, or whatever the heck his, his title was. Yeah. Or if it was Frank Daniels who actually sent him there because they were like, oh, we're punishing him. We're sending him yeah. to the, the 15th precinct I, or whatever it was. I feel like it had to have been Duke's call because if had it been Daniels, then it's the dumbest thing of all time. I mean, you're I right. feel like it. I feel like it was Daniels giving him the news that 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 Duke had handed down. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have made zero sense for Daniels to send a loose cannon, play by no rules guy that would absolutely snuff out dirty cops into the precinct. <laughs> he, he, he would never do that smelling. intentionally if if he in fact was dirty. He smells his own smell there. Yeah. Like, but yeah. So, I, but I, to tie it all up. Michael Jai White is the main villain because right. he did the move. He did the move where he was in the seat and then he turned around slowly to reveal himself as the bad guy in the middle of the movie. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the boss move. Let, let's put him. Let's put him through the scale. So if you're new to the show, we got four categories: one to uh, on a scale of one to five: look or style, look slash style, hideout slash layer, plan and henchman, and possibly a bonus point for ruthlessness. So X out of twenty. Let's let's see what strut. AKA Michael Jai White winds up with. So tell me about his look and his look or his style. It's it's five, right? It's gotta be. Because yeah. let's just, I mean, let's just let's just put this out there. He's a good looking man. Yeah. He looks great in a suit. He looks great when he's fighting dudes. He looks great in a towel in the shower scene. <laughs> like the guy just he's just a good looking man who's totally fit, knows karate. His skin's too tight. We we touched on that. Have you it's seen five. have you seen traps that high? His traps like went yeah. above his the top of his head. That's how high they were. Yeah. He takes it, he takes his job very seriously and his job is to look like a machine. Is he just so. shoulder shrugging all day? Just yeah. like shoulder just shrugging shrug everything he's got. It's got to be a five. Every, and he had some every, awesome yeah. outfits. Every day is shoulder day. Every day. Oh, I know he had some good accessories too like he yeah. grabbed the sword. He yep. like I don't know yeah. if that was him yeah. or Seagal. Yeah. He he had gu- good guns. Yep. I mean, I, I can't wait till we get to the plan because I think it's genius, yeah. by the way. Th- this might I don't know if this might break the scale, man. I think yeah. Terry it, Silver unintentionally. Unintentionally, yeah. What Terry Silver well, we did on Ken's show, I believe, yeah. he was like a nineteen out of twenty. This is yeah. this is it's gonna be getting close. So Well, I mean he might have some what <laughs> we'll, we'll see. What about his hideout or his lair? See, it makes sense on a practicality base. 
being in the textile factory, the textile factory for it, him needing like t-shirts and whatnot. Well, they're making shirts, right? That's yeah. what they're doing. But again, like, then this might be, you know, out of, out of kayfabe, the set designers fault that it just, it looks like crap. I mean, they and, rolled those things in yeah, from the club it's not, scene. It's not a great setting for a fight or a climax of a movie. I'm I'm gonna go two, three at the most. I'll give you a ruling. Let's go two. You're gonna go two. Okay. It, I mean, it's good that it was hidden and he had yeah. people there, and it it made sense. Yes, but it wasn't cool, right? And, and that's what we're kind of looking for here. His back room had a hell of a lot of windows, didn't it? Letting you yeah. see what was actually many, going on. Too many in there. windows. Too many windows. So if he didn't have it, yeah. maybe if it was a sealed off back room with no windows, I give yeah. him the three. Yeah. But because you could peek right into like the drug yeah. powder going into the shirts. <laughs> yeah. And those workers. Hey, what's going on in there? It looks like they're doing drugs in there. <laughs> yeah. Are they are they diluting drugs and, and, are they? Are and they? so uh, they're putting them into the fabric? Hey, Johnny, come here. Like this is a great idea. Look at them do this. Yeah. So uh, you got to go too because it's too obvious what's going on back there yeah but i'll say this when it get maybe this is i don't know if this is part of the plan but the way that he pretended that he didn't like montini and all this stuff yeah maybe that's the charisma of his plan we'll get to that in a second but i knew right away in in the shower scene or the taser scene yeah this is a bad guy who's acted nice yeah like at least but that's like a good thing like he's doing a good job you don't get Michael Jai White to just yeah. be random guy who's going to be like, hey, man, they're just yeah. hazing you, buddy. And yeah. then he disappears. Unless he was his flat out partner, right? Exactly. Yeah. He should have yeah. been the partner. That would have yeah. been a awesome. twist. That would have been awesome. What a twist. That would have been yeah. a good one. Yeah. So well, let's talk about the plan because I got to tell you, like, you it's one the of the plan. more yeah. sophisticated plans yeah. of any movie that we've done. Please and break the plan down for me because it's 7 a.m. and I forgot. So these guys, and there's a really detailed description that that they give about this. But they're trying to get DMX to traffic heroin. And he's thinking, like, how am I going to traffic all of this, this, this product? So they are soaking shirts, T-shirts from the textile factory in heroin. And then they're, like, drying it up mm. so that it's soaked and seeped into the shirt. And then they're vacuum shrink wrapping the shirts mm. so that they... And apparently it's undetectable by drug-sniffing dogs. They're in the shirts. And then they're going to send these things wherever he wants in the country so that then they can then extract the heroin from the shirt. Right. Have you ever gone to like Subway or something? You go into Subway, you walk in there and you yep. walk out and you smell like the smell of Subway. Yeah. Is this how this works? <laughs> it's like, is that what it is? They're like aerating it into the shirt. Like this is a be. genius plan. If this yeah. works. Yeah. And it's just a, it's just a shame that they're they're dealing with a guy who's trying to take them down. Cause I had mean, this been, had this been an on the level criminal on criminal enterprise. Yes. They could have, they could have gone on for Dude, years. Take this to shark they could tank. Have made, they could have made a billion dollars. I think if this, yeah. if it was, if it was legal to invest in heroin trafficking, <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. tell you for a fact that Mark Cuban and yeah. all those guys They'd would be fighting be... over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll give you 5 million up front. <laughs> for 10% of the company. Somebody get it. a patent out on this. <laughs> yeah. oh, come on. I mean, it's like, it's a great idea. Yeah. This has to be a five. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. They get yeah. caught, so maybe it's not a five. Yeah. But on paper, have we had a plan as good as this besides M. Bison creating no, I mean, his it, own it's, like It's talent? pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. I mean, maybe because they're cops, they could have done a little background check into DMX to find out that, oh, oh he's the brother of this guy yeah. we set up. Like, Maybe they could, have, the and, and I know, and I know that DMX was very good at covering his tracks. 
of like not showing who he was. Like his identity was hidden. Computer like, genius. They're cops though. Like, come on, let's, let's, let's do our due diligence, but they're dumb cops. Yeah. So, but if this guy like, was the owner of 999.com, yeah, like they can't yeah. change his picture. I mean, he'd be famous. It's like, if you don't know who yeah. Jeff Bezos is, it's like, yeah, oh, Jeff real. Bezos changed his name. He <laughs> got a true. visa. That's true. He's a pretty yeah. famous guy. It's like, you know, yeah. or, or like whatever the Google guys are. It's like, oh, they, they, they got a fake passport. Okay. Yeah. Like, come on now. It's like, mm-hmm. he's clean. But I, you gotta go four or five, right? I mean, come yeah. on, this is a genius plan. I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna only five because they didn't do the due diligence All with right. who they're dealing with. But everything else was like, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty genius drug plan. I'll give it to you. That that is a great plan. I yeah. mean, how this works, I have no idea. But yeah. you got to give them credit. Yeah, I don't know the science thing. behind it. I'm gonna trust them that it's working. What about the henchmen? There's a bunch of guys here. Yeah. What do you think? There's qual. There's quantity, but is there quality? I don't think so. Because the the big guy that had the taser battle in the locker room, <laughs> he went down like a sack of potatoes pretty easily. The Italian guy was a lot of talk. Montini. And not a whole lot of action. He, he was willing to take yeah. half of the money yeah. instead of the other half, and he was about to mess up the deal. That's, I mean, that that right there, he should but, doc, get docked a point. Yeah, but but really, that's like risk mitigation. That's like, all right, you know what? It's Maybe free two mil. Then. It's a free two mil. And then we get a new dealer and we sell the drugs. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe he's G, he's the entrepreneur oh, of the family. If you hold on now, let me, now let me just for all dirty cops out there. If you're a dirty cop and you set up these drug deals like this, what's the downside to just killing every drug dealer on on every drug deal? Well, I guess word gets around though, right? Will word get around though if you if you just take out the the criminal every time? But then there's you know no criminals mean? left, and, and then, then pocket you... and then pocket the money every time. You're taking criminals off the streets. And you're, you're collecting the money without distributing the drugs onto the streets. It's like renewable energy here. Yeah. So it's really like, it's like great police work, <laughs> but they're profiting off of it, which is fine. As long as the drugs are off the streets. What's the movie with Keanu Reeves when he's a dirty cop? Is it blue bloods or something? Remember they had the money in the wall or whatever that was. Oh, That's sort of like that. Shit. Yeah. They weren't really bad. They were, yeah. they were just kind of trying to make some money. They got the take. Yeah. yeah. I guess you're right. It right? could be good policing at yeah, that point. Just, just take out the drug dealer at every drug at every drug deal. They're, yeah, they're getting the and money, then, and then set up a new deal every time. Maybe, maybe Montini was onto something here. Yeah, yep. I don't know. I mean, what do you? There's because a the, couple who, other guys. Who would be better than to hide the body or like make it look like or something happened? Yeah, the well, cops. they got to set up the rival gang. It's like Soprano stuff, where you get yeah. the the other guys set them up. Yep. Absolutely. What do you think of these other guys? They're they're kind of weak. They're kind of weak. There's a lot of them. They're not that great. I think they're not totally useless because the fights did go on a little bit. DMX had to use some ingenuity there with the shotgun to get rid of Mantini. So I'm going to go maybe a two. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably a two. I, I got a question for you, though. Like in this final fight and all these guys, like how do you know who's good and who's bad? Even when Bill Duke showed up, I'm like, is he bad too? Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. How do you on. know? Yeah. And, and there's cops in cop uniforms and there's undercover cops that are playing criminals. And then mm-hmm. there's the guys that are showing up to get them. Like, I don't know who the hell was bad at, at that yeah. point. And I don't even know if Seagal knew at that well, point. That's, well, that's why Duke couldn't be bad. And that's why the... Isaiah the, Washington? Um, yeah, that's why Isaiah Washington could be bad. And that's why the uh, the boss, the not the, not the chief, the, the lieutenant or whoever, the girl. Yeah, yeah. The woman. She couldn't be bad because like you can't have too many that are bad because that... That makes the movie untrustworthy, right? <laughs> what if Seagal was really bad in the end? Yeah, so, uh, they're he's, all bad. They're all, oh, 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 by the way, we're all in on it. So <laughs> when they were when they were in the in the powder, when DMX got his face in the powder, 
Mm. Was that heroin or was that like like flour or something? Like was he was he all like high was, on that? Was he high at the time? <laughs> because, I feel like it was heroin. They were, sh- they were yeah. shooting the bags. Yeah. I mean, we get we yeah. These guys got taken out by the shotgun with a belt. It's a great move. I'm going. We got to go two. I think it's I, it's got to be. It's two. better than a one, but there was a lot of them. But they didn't really yeah. do anything specific to be like, oh, that was cool. I like, think, like you yeah. said, it was quantity over over yeah. quality, and 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 that's never a good thing. So let's recap for everybody. So we gave them look look and styles of five. His hideout and layer is a two, so that's a seven. His plan is a four. It's almost a perfect five, so that's an 11. And then you give him a, a, a two for henchmen. So what is that, a 13? 13, 13 out of 20? Which is respectable for a, throw, for a throwaway Seagal movie, right? Not yeah. bad. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty good one. A pretty yeah. good rating here. And I, and I think Michael Jai White did a good job in here, kind of underused in a way, but I guess it was for the, for the reveal in the yeah. end of the movie. And by the way, before we get away from the movie, shout out to DMX, uh, his character, for doing the move where he like, he was about to go into the spikes and he was being drugged yeah. by his coat and he like slipped out of his coat while the rain was coming down. Yeah. And have the other like that. I thought that was an all time escape slash kill. There was there was a lot of impaled impaled deaths. In there this. were yes. Yeah. Both both the 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 boss and the sub boss Mantini died by impalement. Yeah. Yeah, I, which was maybe too many impalements, or is that just right? You know what? You're never gonna you're never gonna win hanging from a helicopter ladder when you try oh. to get away. I'm just gonna and, tell you. And uh, I mean, really, they had Seagal was weighing down that helicopter. <laughs> I thought, like, man, like that's just perfect. <laughs> He's got the right amount of weight to just hold up that whole. What helicopter. a joke! What, they they knew what they were doing with that. <laughs> they knew what they're doing with that. Yeah. I mean, you're never gonna get away. You got him yeah. on the ladders. Didn't the guy from Under Siege Two die that way too? The, yes. the the nerdy computer guy? I think he did, yeah. So before we get out of here, we always talk about asking and, and maybe begging and pleading for reviews Please. on Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify and so on and so forth. We actually did get a new Apple Podcast review, and I just want to give oh. a shout out to Angry Fly Double Zero. It uh, says, Endless, endlessly fun movie discussions. Five stars. Drew and Badway have such an appealing and hilarious rapport. In every episode, they take a slightly unpolished movie gem and use their sharp wit to make it shine. It definitely makes me want to go watch all these movies again. I highly recommend this podcast. Remember Absolutely. how I said that I never know how to rewrite our description? Yeah. I think Angry Fly just wrote it for us. Did he there do it for us? <laughs> unpolished movie gems. You I'll, know what I mean? Yeah. I'll tell you what. It's a good thing Endless Fly found us now and not back in like, what, like 2018? Yeah. When we, we didn't <laughs> when exist he, anymore. When if you would have wrote Endlessly and then like the podcast ended. He's like, damn, I guess it was endless. Right before that heavyweights episode. It's like, man, these guys are great. (laughs) I guess it was endless after all. No, now it's endless. Now it's endless. Hey, every two weeks, I am proud of us. And I I am so thankful for everyone that listens along, including Angry Fly Double Zero. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave us a five-star review out on Apple Podcasts. If you are enjoying the show and you haven't done so, Please consider leaving us one. We'll read it on the air and say thank you to everyone. And thanks to everyone that's been listening so far. We've been having a blast with some of these movies and we're giving you another Seagal movie. We'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, April 28th with our next episode. And on that note, we will see you guys then. Do you think they cut the ponytail off right when they started filming? They said, this doesn't look right. It looked like it it was, right? I... That would have been like a seven-hour conversation with Seagal. He would have just like say been in the chair and said, "Yeah, go ahead, cut it." That had that had to be a legal history. It looked freshly cut, like he had the little bit of like I don't know how to describe it. It was like a sort of side bullet. Do, do you think there's anyone in the world who's like 
has a ponytail. <laughs> like a front ponytail? Yes, like a front ponytail. Like, would Seagal be the one? He would be. Would he, Terry he Silver be Terry, <laughs> Terry's, Terry's too sophisticated for that, you know? No. You gotta be. Okay. Yeah, Terry's, Terry's neatly maintained. <laughs>